Shrink Think Podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Nathan, and we're both licensed professional counselors in Oregon, here to open up our lives and minds with you. We are your companion on the journey to grow your healthcare practice, yourself, and your relationships. To get you started, we've got a free email course on our website, shrinkthinkpodcast.com forward slash course, with practical steps on overcoming your fear and anxiety. Thank you for joining us on the Shrink Think Podcast. Hi, welcome to another episode of the Shrink Think Podcast. As we turn the corner from 2021 into 2022, I know that sounds weird to say, but eventually we're going to get used to it and it's going to sound very normal. As we turn the corner into a new year, a lot of people think about New Year's resolutions. And of course, this being the podcast that connects therapists with clients to help you get the most out of your therapy. We're thinking also about resolutions and the new year. But we don't, as therapists, we don't necessarily like resolutions. I mean, they can be helpful if somebody's like, I want to stop drinking. And we're like, good, finally. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you said that. Um, But we want to think more about like, okay, you're in therapy or you're considering going to therapy. Therapy is not really just a New Year's resolution sort of a thing. It's to get into some deeper change, to look at some patterns that have some roots somewhere in you. And so I guess we want to take the approach of how to help you get the most out of your therapy experience and and maximize it, I guess, by looking at this time of year as maybe an opportunity to step back and reflect on what your goals are, what you have accomplished and where you're going. So, for example, one of the things that I will do on occasion, and this happens when people like during the summer, for example, when people are gone on vacation, maybe it has interrupted therapy for some time, and then they come back and we're, we're really out of rhythm. And so it's kind of like, Oh, what's been going on, they update me on, you know, their their vacation plans. And then there's this kind of like, Okay, now what? And I always use that as an opportunity to ask the question, Hey, let's revisit your original goals. When you first came to therapy, what were you hoping to accomplish? What was going on for you? What were the symptoms or the issues that were plaguing you that you wanted to address and to get some clarity on and some some make some progress in and where are we in relation to those goals and that's always really easy for people i I know as a therapist i'm often um i often wonder like are you even going to remember why you started therapy but like right away people are like, oh, yeah, I know exactly why. And it's like, oh, yeah, like this is your life. There is a reason that motivated you to. And of course, you remember. And so they'll come in and they'll say, yeah, this is this is where I started. And OK, I, I think I've worked on this and I've made some progress in that. Where I'm really struggling is in this one particular area. So can we work on that? Can we focus on that? And that's always really helpful because it helps us to kind of stop and maybe talk a bit about the progress that's been made, what's working, what's been going really well, and then hone in on those areas that still need to be addressed. So as an, as an example, that's something that I'll do that will help us, I guess, get back into alignment, but also get focused again on what do we want to be doing. So we're just capitalizing on a natural time of the year that actually you are already doing some evaluation, right? You know, the beginnings and then changes of seasons kind of make us do that i think naturally as people i want to take a step back and like look at um i'm thinking as a younger therapist one of the things that happens when you think about evaluation is it's like you feel like as a therapist you are being evaluated 
and that's actually true to some extent um but but it can be pretty scary so for you therapists listening i'm just saying like hey you know we've all been there and client wants to say like i want to look at what we've accomplished and you're like oh no i didn't help you at all (laughs) like the whole time thinking like what have we done and then i would say remember it's it's work that's back and forth right you're doing the best you can and as a client um you it's okay to have like i mean i think you're managing the expectations of man, I should be X, Y, Z by now, whatever it happens to be. And, and I'm not, and I'm a bad client. I haven't done a good job at all. Maybe I'm not taking my life seriously. Or on the other side, if you're that young therapist, you're, the client is saying some of those things, you're like, oh no, I'm a bad therapist. I'm supposed to be helping you make progress and you're unsatisfied with it. What am I doing wrong? Yeah, it's, I, I generally would say that ultimately those conversations end up being very helpful one way or the other. Um, and you kind of can feel like, oh yeah, we, there has been some stuff going on. Like it's not quite the same because you'll start noticing nuances and differences as people are going. Another thing too, is that what can happen is that you end up liking each other. Like, I don't mean in a weird, weird way. I just mean like you enjoy the conversation, you enjoy the learning process and there's just a lot of mutual respect and some evaluation can mean Something like, oh, no, if we evaluate this and decide that it's that we've accomplished these things, then this relationship is over. I don't want it to go away. That can foster dependency, side note. So um, (laughs) it's okay for things to take pause breaks, as we've talked about in other episodes. I think actually there's the previous one that um, there are therapists have become basically like um, helpers over a long period of time of life. So. Don't worry about losing the client and your and and you know that kind of thing. And quite frankly, if you're worried too much about that, that could be a problem that you need to talk about in supervision with some other therapist to, to evaluate yourself. And I think it's strength think we always like to kind of give you a little behind the scenes. So for those of you that are clients, it's like, yeah, this is what goes on. We have to how, how we have to talk about how we're feeling towards these situations. And and as we speak of evaluation, it's like a full meal deal of evaluation when it comes around. Yeah, those are actually some of the best conversations with colleagues, with supervisees or some peers. Uh, as as we're doing uh, consultation with each other, somebody w- may bring up a case like what you're talking about, Nathan, with a client and be describing like, OK, we've done these things and I'm not really sure where we're at or we've accomplished these things. I'm not really sure where we're going. Those are always great opportunities for us to talk together about evaluation, to look together at like, OK, well, what was the presenting issue? What did they say they wanted to, the client say they wanted to work on in therapy? And is there anything else that you haven't seen or what are we missing? It just is a great opportunity to kind of comb through things and to see, is this what we thought it was going to be? Because a lot of times when we get into an issue, you know, we have talked about um, things like OCD. We're giving OCD kind of a bad rap as <laughs> lately. Um but for something like OCD, uh, people might be talking about that, you know, washing your hands all the time or flipping on the light switches or whatever. OK, so that's one part of it. But as you dig down, maybe you actually get into like some attachment trauma and you're looking you're working with a client about something that's kind of more family of origin related, for example, that's kind of underneath that symptom of OCD. And after a while, you're like, oh, we've made a lot of progress on, you know, these attachment sorts of things. And you're like, wait a minute, the OCD is kind of still there. Have we really done anything? 
And it's like, well, maybe as we got into it, we saw the root of it as this other thing. We started working on that and we need to circle back around to, hey, there are still these practical symptoms or these behaviors that we need to address with some maybe more practical means. So both of those are a part of the equation when you're doing therapy. There's like some of the behavioral stuff that we need to change, some of the thinking patterns. But there also are these deeper beliefs that we hold or these deeper places in us that are connected to something that's more profound than just a simple behavior. And we need to get in and deal with those as well. So the evaluation process, circling all the way back around, the evaluation process, when you can take a step back and look at where are we, what have we done, and where are we going, can help you to scale, to take an assessment of the landscape to see what is there, what have we covered, and what's, what's still there that we need to cover. Yeah, one other thing on the other side for therapists, again, and I, I've <laughs> talked with people and they really like when we give the behind the scenes. So here's another little behind the scenes. If you as a therapist kind of are hoping this evaluation means that you're done, <laughs> like, the, you know, and you're, you need to be honest with yourself, but what is going on with you that is happening? Um, because maybe there's something you have to evaluate. We're all humans, right? And so as you learn, as you are honest with, with your own self and the sessions that you've had, it could be that like, there are parts of you that don't like this person. Like, and, and usually what that means is it's stuff that we're struggling with as ourselves, as humans working with somebody that we just don't want to look at it anymore. We don't want to look at that similarity that we have in our own life. And so this whole process is just a, uh, is this, a, this time of year, this like hallmark place is a is kind of a flag to go all right let's look at the whole picture yeah because as you're saying that too sometimes those things that we notice in ourselves like oh i want this person to be done maybe it's also something in ourselves that relates to the client like the client you know we, we in a previous episode we talked about reluctance uh like when you get stuck reluctance and resistance and maybe that's an indication of some reluctance or resistance in the client that we don't really know how to broach. And maybe that's kind of revealing some of our, our own um, passive tendencies or our own fears of confrontation uh, with a client. Um, so this evaluation process can be really good for the client to realize, well, there's this issue going on that we haven't really addressed. And maybe in your mind, you're like, oh, man. I've tried to address it or I've wanted to address it, but I haven't been able to because you haven't really let me. And so this might be a time for us to be able to have that honest conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The other piece of that pie is it's also a time for you as a therapist to kind of be involved more directly in it and, and be able to share some stuff going on on your side as it's appropriate to say like, man, you know, you've wanted X, Y, Z. I, I feel like, maybe there's some resistance in, in that whole thing for you. And I'm not sure what that's about. And I've realized something else about XYZ or WY or whatever. And I need to kind of, maybe I should share this with the client, like as you, as you're starting to like process it with your peers. Yeah. Let me give you an example. I was talking with one of my supervisees recently. Um, he's got quite a bit of experience and he's working towards licensure and he was working with a client who was he, he had, I think maybe had seen for about six months or so, made some good progress with things and kind of got stuck and was like, I'm not really sure what we're doing, where we're going with this. And there were some things that he has tried to bring up and talk about 
And it seems like the client always is circling back around to, oh, that's not a big deal or, oh, that's fine or something. It's kind of, you know, presenting like everything's okay. And so my supervisee, this this therapist was like, I'm not I'm just not really sure what to do with this. As we're talking about taking a step back and evaluating things, that's a great opportunity to look at kind of the bigger process of the relationship. And so what I told him was, okay, maybe you circle back around and say, hey, client, how are we doing in therapy here? Like, do you feel like it's being effective? Is this helping you? Or do you feel like you've kind of been stuck lately? And oftentimes when that happens, people will say, yeah, it's been really, really helpful. I feel like lately I'm not really sure what's going on. It just, it hasn't really been that helpful. I don't know if it's me. I don't know if we've just come to the end of things here. This is about as good as we can get. And so then I encourage him to say something along the lines of, well, here's what I've noticed. Um, It seems like when we talk about these specific things or this issue, um, the kind of response that I get is like, oh, it's not a big deal or it's fine, but it keeps coming up. And then use a little bit of, of empathy or maybe even probe a little bit and say something like, I wonder if it's really difficult for you to go there, if it if it might be even scary for you to go there because it's a really vulnerable place to go. And maybe you have wanted to go there and you've kind of been circling around it, but you don't really want to go there because if we go there, that might mean it's kind of a big deal or maybe you're going to feel a lot of emotions about it and that's going to be really painful or even something more practical like, you know, this appointment is between, you know, work meetings and so I don't really have time to be emotional. But either way, I wonder if you're avoiding that because it because of some of those reasons and put some of that on the table, that kind of uh, evaluation and reflection and discussion with a client in therapy actually can be really helpful. So I shared this with my supervisee and um, he was going to take it with the client and, and he his response was, yeah, I think we need to have that conversation because that's kind of a level of honesty in a way that we haven't had. And it's not that things had been dishonest. It's just that we hadn't really talked about our relationship, client therapist relationship and what we've been doing and how we've been going about that in that process in that same way. And you are in a relationship if you are in a relationship with a therapist, if you're going in there, a lot of people think that you're going to go in and use therapist as a tool, which is true. There's a lot of truth in that. But you know what? We're both humans, right? So what is happening is a relationship and you are going to have similar ways that you relate to them as you would to anybody else in your family and friend group. Yeah. Even that, even you saying that right there, like if somebody comes in and, and you're trying to use your therapist as a tool that might actually get you stuck because what you need is so much deeper than, Hey, what do I do about this? Or help me solve this problem or give me some advice about that. Maybe actually the problem is a whole lot deeper and that you use people as a tool, as opposed to having a relationship with more vulnerability. Boom. My mic drop. I don't know if that came through, but I was blowing in the microphone <laughs> like a bomb went off a little bit awkwardly. <laughs> yeah, that but was. I liked it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, yeah. And there's a whole there's a whole kind of piece about that that I don't know for for this particular episode. We probably don't need to go into. Um, I wanted to, to say that as because we're really talking about evaluation and really looking at like t- kind of like taking stock, so to speak, of where you've come from and where you're going and working through the nervousness on both sides of what that means, because the fact is you have a relationship, right? Maybe you don't want to bring stuff up because you've thought like, 
well, things aren't going this way. You know what? This is a good time of year. We'll just stop, you know? And so to the therapist, it's like, why are we stopping now? I thought we were fine. Like, what's going on? <laughs> we're just getting to the good stuff. <laughs> right. And like, and then, and it's hard because, because as a, and I've had a, I've had a conversation with a, with a supervisee a few weeks ago because this person kind of was like trying to ghost them essentially. And I'm like, man, it's tough because on the one hand, you don't want to chase the client down the road. But on the other hand, they were asking you to be therapeutic and to be a therapist for them. And so now you probably need to challenge them in certain circumstances. It's calling them up and saying something like, Hey, you know, I haven't heard from you from XYZ um, this period of time. And I was curious if your goals have shifted or what's going on. It seemed like we were on track, you know, and also, by the way, you have to be careful what you say on voicemail, depending on how that whole thing works. But you kind of do a little nudge back into the, into the routine to where the person eh, kind of make more sense that they responded to you because they have to deal with that, you know? So if you're thinking of ghosting your therapist, wait for the phone call. (laughs) If you're thinking of ghosting, please don't. Um, It's actually way more. I'm really glad you brought this up actually um, because it's actually way more helpful for us. If you can just be direct about it. I, I remember a client, um, earlier this year, maybe six months or so ago, maybe it was a little bit more than that. Um, he sent an email out of nowhere that just said, please cancel all of our appointments. We won't be coming back or something. And I was like, what the heck? And you know, I was like, did I like make you mad? Did we talk about something? Did something happen? I don't, are you even okay? He never responded. And so of course I'm like, I, I don't even know if there was something I needed to do differently or something I didn't address. Um, anyway, he came back months later and I was able to talk with him about it. And he said, yeah, just some stuff came up in life and I just needed to take a break from therapy and focus on these things. Cause it was kind of a, a dumpster fire and I just needed to put some of those things out. And I was like, I, I didn't, I, I said this. Um, and I was, I was like, you know, thank you for telling me it's, that's really helpful and that's totally fine. And of course, this is one of his issues is that he kind of avoids conflict and, and doesn't come back and say some things directly um, as he should. And so that's a great example of like, okay, that's fine that that needs to happen. Just be direct about it. Just tell me, hey, there's some stuff going on. Uh, You know, I need to take some time away to deal with these things. I'm not going to have energy or attention to focus on therapy. That's great. Let your therapist know that because then we can deal with what's actually going on as opposed to wondering or dancing around it or even you know, chasing you down when we really need to be just giving you the freedom to have that space. Right. And, and as a therapist, uh, as you're listening, that's a good time. And I don't know if, what Aaron did in that scenario. I'm not asking, but like to even share your own experience, especially when you know that this person is dealing with conflict and then they're, well, they're avoiding conflict and then they just did it. You can say like, well, for me, you know what that was like, I was actually kind of started getting on myself a little bit. Cause I started wondering if there was a problem with what somehow I had not served you well, my mind got into it and I thought, okay, I'm going to let this go because I'm pretty confident. Yeah. And that's a, that's a great tool to use. And I say it as a tool because as therapists, we're not actually personally offended. Like I, 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 I'm, it's not a personal thing where I'm like, I really didn't know what was happening. I was like ashamed and I was second guessing myself because then that can bring up guilt feelings for the client. You're not using, you're not a person in that way. Like every other relationship is. You're trying to give people, your clients, the feedback of what that was like for you so that they can understand how they come across and the impact that they have 
on other people, including you as a therapist. So that can be very therapeutic. Right. And um, one more mention of that as far as the therapeutic nature of it is that you're giving the client a chance to be able to experience what the other what other people in their life would never tell them because they would just right. wouldn't. And now another side of this coin, though, that I just want to say um, is that you actually may be as a therapist personally offended. You may feel about that. And those are the times that you you need to go to your peers, some get some supervision on it and just say, like, this is honestly freaking hacking me off. I cannot believe this person after everything we did and blah, 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 because, yes, we are humans. But as Aaron was just saying, we are responsible to try to make this situation for you as a client helpful. So it's not helpful to bring in our own baggage, but we've got a system and support supports behind the therapeutic process as we have a network of colleagues that we are intentionally bouncing stuff off differently because, because as Aaron said, it is not the same overall, like from a relationship, because we're trying to figure out ways to propel you forward in your life. Yeah. And I'll just, I guess, make one comment about that as we close this episode. I think both things can be true. I think it can be, for example, if we're stepping back and we're assessing things and we're saying we've made some progress and also there are some things that we need to do better or differently, we as therapists as people can feel kind of disappointed in ourselves, maybe a little bit embarrassed. We can say, oh, man, how did I miss that? And we'll take that to our colleagues and we'll work on that and realize that's part of a human experience, right? We want to do right by our clients. We want to help them as best we can. And we're going to feel bad sometimes that we haven't done something well or whatever. But we can also keep that out of the room. We're not going to use that to guilt you. We're not going to use that to make the session or or the issue all about us. We can have those feelings and we can recognize, yeah, you're right. There are some things that we need to do differently. I need to make some adjustments or, okay, we've been focusing on this other thing. Now we need to go back to focusing on this one thing. I can make the adjustment. I don't have to feel bad and it impairs my ability to help you as a therapist. I can keep that to the side and still do, do my job really well. That's the thing I think that you need to understand about, about a good therapist is that they should be able to balance both those things in a mature, responsible way. Yeah, and just as as we continue to close here, remember that the whole point of us saying this is you can actually do evaluation anytime that you want. It doesn't necessarily have to be this time of year, but and you probably should at some point. And I, I was just recalling <laughs> closing like a really bad scenario, like a, a not bad, but like um, direct and loud scenario where this guy, because I use, if you know me, I use movies and stuff to like help try to explain what I'm talking about because it's sometimes it's easier to visualize. And this guy out of nowhere goes, "Okay, that's it. Stop using movies. I hate them. I'm like, what? I'm not paying for you to tell me about your movies. And I'm like, whoa, mama. You know, this is like probably 10 years ago at this point. And honestly, what I realized in that moment is the guy was a little mildly autistic and he wasn't tracking what was actually happening. And I didn't. And it was like, all of a sudden a gong went off in my head. I'm like, Oh my gosh, he couldn't do this. It's not working. And, and I had to just completely drop the whole thing. Cause for him, it was not helpful at all. And um, it would have been great if he told me differently, but to be honest, I honestly don't think he knew until that moment in time. But so it changes things, right? So at any rate, we hope this has been helpful and have a great day. Thanks for listening to our show. Don't forget to head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, 
or wherever you get your podcasts to leave us a review and subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. You can also visit our website at www.shrinkthinkpodcast.com forward slash course and sign up for our free email course, Nine Ways to Overcome Fear and Self-Doubt. And you'll get nine weeks worth of customized, practical strategies you can use to get past the fear that's holding you back in your life. Thanks again for listening. 